Hello, Filled With Messages friends. Thanks for joining me today. I'm the Reverend Ruth Farrell, and amongst other things, I'm the lead pastor of St. Peter United Church of Christ in Lake Zurich, Illinois. A friend of mine is working to heal some very significant trauma. It has been a difficult and painful journey. Blessedly, they have a wonderful therapist who specializes in trauma and has been so very supportive. While they are incredibly grateful for their counselor, their journey has been made much harder by the conflicting, unsolicited advice they have received from a wide variety of other people who think they need to be, quote-unquote, helpful. On the one hand, victims' advocates have told my friend they do not need to forgive their abusers. They are correct. No one has to do anything they don't want to do. Forcing victims to forgive before they are ready causes additional trauma. On the other hand, other folks have insisted my friend has to forgive and let go. They often give a list of ways one might forgive. Some of them throw around scripture to quote-unquote prove their point. While these people are correct that forgiveness is often a good and healthy choice, their insistence that my friend has to forgive right now on their timeline and through their preferred method has caused additional trauma. My friend has felt themselves feeling a little like a ship at storm, battered on all sides by an unhelpful opinions and unsolicited advice. All my friend needs is for people to simply believe them, trust them, listen to them, and care for them where they are on their journey. My friend desperately needs people to be kind right now, yet my friend has found very few people capable of doing so. Forgiveness is certainly an essential tenet of the Christian faith, but oftentimes our conversations about forgiveness feel more like those my friend has received. You must forgive, and here are 10 steps you should take to do it, if only forgiving were that easy. Christians also often end up defining forgiveness in ways that don't match forgiveness as it's described or defined in Scripture. For instance, forgiveness is often connected in Scripture, including in today's passage from Ephesians, with kindness and compassion. Love is also a fundamental building block of forgiveness. The love, kindness, and compassion which underscore forgiveness are not just for the one being forgiven. Just as importantly, they are for the one offering forgiveness. To forgive, we need to be kind to ourselves too. Hear these words from Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, chapter 4, verses 29 to 32. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. Will you pray with me? Holy Spirit, open our whole selves to receive the good news that you have for us today. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be acceptable in your eyes, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Because forgiveness is hard, we are sometimes tempted to lob colloquialisms at it. Perhaps the most frequently used platitude about forgiveness is forgive and forget. 
Oftentimes, those three words are followed by something like, that's what the Bible says, or that's what Jesus taught, and then I have to restrain myself. Neither the Bible nor Jesus said anything of the sort. Forgiveness does not require forgetting. In fact, it's dangerous to forgive and forget. If we forget, we might get hurt again in the same way. A better choice might be to forgive and remember. The story of Joseph and his brothers shows us the importance of forgiving and remembering. When he was young, Joseph wasn't the easiest brother to have. He knew he was his father's favorite, and he rubbed it in his brother's faces. He was a braggart, boasting about the power he believed he would one day have over his brothers. I can't really blame Joseph's brothers for selling him into slavery. I'm not sure any of us would have been able to live with Joseph. But Joseph paid dearly for his brother's choice. Not only did he become a slave, but he was wrongly accused and imprisoned for a time. He was only released and made an important government official because God helped him. Just as we couldn't blame Joseph's brothers for their choices, we also couldn't blame Joseph if he had become bitter towards his brothers as he suffered so much because of their decision. But Joseph had decided to forgive them. Many, many years later, Joseph and his brothers stood face to face again. While Joseph recognized his siblings, his brothers didn't recognize him. Joseph could have quickly outed himself, opened his arms wide to offer a forgiving hug, but instead he was kind to himself and tested his brothers to make sure they would treat him with kindness before he revealed himself and offered his forgiveness to them. So in other words, Joseph forgave, but he did not forget. It would not have been wise for him to do so. In the same way, we do not need to forgive and forget. Rather, if we decide we want to forgive, then we would do well to forgive and remember so that we are not harmed in the same way. Forgiveness also does not require us to stay in relationship with the people who hurt us. This is especially hard when it's a family member who hurt us. You may remember that uh, the story about the twin brothers Jacob and Esau. Jacob stole something extremely important from Esau and fled his brother's understandable wrath. For years, Jacob lived far from home, but eventually he wanted to return. He approached Esau cautiously and respectfully, knowing it was he who needed to be forgiven. Esau clearly still remembered what his brother had done, but he decided to forgive. There was a big, glorious family reunion with lots of hugs and kisses. But then, in a plot twist no one saw coming, Jacob decided not to go home with his brother Esau. Instead, he took his family in the opposite direction. Jacob and Esau aren't the only people in the Bible who forgave each other, but did not stay in relationship with one another. Peter, upon whom Jesus built his church, and Paul, who traveled all over to share the good news about Jesus with people, had a significant falling out. While the Bible isn't clear on the matter, there's no evidence that they worked closely together after it, but instead chose to stay in their own lanes and minister to different groups of people. Forgiveness does not require us to stay in close relationship with people. Sometimes distance is the godly choice. Forgiveness also does not mean that the person who hurt you what that what the person who did hurt you did was okay. In other words, forgiveness does not ignore or absolve guilt. King David was a very godly person, but he made two particularly hideous decisions. Firstly, he forced a woman to sleep with him. 
Then, when he was worried the woman's husband would find out what, was, what had happened, he murdered the husband. Since David was the king, there was no human who would have dared to call David out on his sin. That would have likely landed them in a world of trouble. But God was justly enraged at David's choices. So God called David out. When David finally admitted what he'd done, he repented. Many of us know the words he spoke on this occasion by heart. They are the words of Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions and cleanse me from my sins. While God forgave David, he did not say David's choices were okay. God did not let David off the hook. The consequences of David's choices still stood. When someone apologizes, we often say things that more or less absolve them of the way they hurt us. Perhaps we demur, it's no big deal, or no harm, no foul. But when someone has hurt us, when someone needs forgiveness, it was inherently a deal and harmful. Forgiveness does not let someone off the hook by pretending their choices didn't matter or didn't make an impact. Forgiveness does not mean you will never feel angry about the way in which you were hurt again. Christians tend to give anger a bad rap. Verses like those from our scripture text today, put aside all bitterness, losing your temper, anger, shouting, are taken out of context and misunderstood. Anger is not inherently bad or unchristian. Sometimes anger is necessary and good. God gets angry, and we want God to get angry when there is injustice, when someone gets hurt. Anger helps ensure we won't ever get hurt in the same way again. Anger ensures we don't forget. Forgiveness does not mean you won't ever feel angry again. Lastly, forgiveness isn't a once and done thing. Sometimes we may have to work to forgive the person who hurt on a daily basis. While having trusted friends, pastors, and mental health professionals walking alongside us on our forgiveness journey is essential, the person doing the forgiveness has to lead because it is they who are doing the forgiving. Forgiving also requires us to be kind and gentle with ourselves. When we struggle to forgive and start shooting all over ourselves, berating ourselves for not forgiving, we are not being kind and compassionate. Struggling to forgive is human. Kindness is an essential building block of forgiveness. When we make forgiveness things it is not, when we slap platitudes on forgiveness, When we judge others or ourselves for the inability or ability to forgive, we are not being kind. May God help us to be kind to ourselves and to others in every facet of our lives. May God especially help us to be kind to ourselves and others when there is hurt, where there is a need for healing, where there is the possibility that someday forgiveness might feel like a safe choice. Thank you for joining me today, my friends. As you go about the rest of your day, May you be kind to yourself, especially about the things that have and do bring you pain. May God bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and give you his peace today and always. Amen. Talk to you soon. Goodbye.